Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Hammer and Umpire Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Weber. It's been an interesting season so far. I've had some unique experiences. A few of them I'd like to share with you here in this uh, podcast episode. Uh, I had some unique things happen to me when I was working a JUCO regional with a batting out of order situation, which I will share with you in a segment. Uh, Also, uh, just the whole concept of working in some of the more high-profile games that we might get an opportunity to work in uh, when we're we're kind of in the eye of the storm. So I know that's the title of this episode, and I have a little segment that talks about that in particular as well. I've got an umpire spotlight and brought that back for you. And I had some interesting um, experiences with video review for the first time uh, this season, which I have a little segment for you as well. So sit back and listen to another episode of The Hammer and Umpire Podcast. Well, I'm sure that you noticed the title of this episode. Um, We are the eye of the storm. And uh, you maybe were wondering how I came up with that title. Um, But basically, I I came up with it uh, working, you know, the uh, Juco Regional uh, recently, in which um, I was working with um, a couple really good umpires, but one umpire that uh, wasn't as familiar with three-man as as myself and, and my other partner. And uh, he did a heck of a job. I'm not uh, saying, you know, he didn't do well. But, you know, he was a little bit apprehensive and, you know, I guess nervous a little bit about uh, potentially making a mistake like we all are at times. And uh, we got out there and we're in the first inning of the uh, the final game we did. We did three games together working the three men. And it was a, a good crowd and, and the players and the benches were in it right from the very first pitch. A lot of noise and, you know, a championship atmosphere, you know, which was cool. It's great to work those kind of games. And so, you know, you got your particular signals and things that you do for three man, which I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. Um, and you, you know, if you, he was working uh, third base and I was working first base. And of course we had our plate guy, you know, usually signals start with plate guy, go to the, to the guy in the middle and, or third base and then come back around to first base and he's giving the signals back and forth. He's not looking at me and stuff. And so I, I basically, you know, in between innings, and I try not to talk to you guys between innings unless you have to, but I'm like, hey, man, you, um, you got to focus. You got to focus on me. You got to focus on us out here. You got to, you know, we, we're like the eye of the storm. We got a lot of stuff going on, but we're in control. We're calm here in the middle. And, um, you know, of course, I'm real big into signals, especially when you're working three and four man. But it's great for two man, too, because that's like your pre-pitch stuff. And you're telling yourself what you're doing. And, of course, you're telling your partners that you're going to be doing that, too. So they have more confidence in, in rotations and things that are happening. So I was thinking about that because, I, you know, I've been in that situation, too, where you start getting that kind of tunnel vision because you're just, okay, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing I'm going to make sure I'm going to the right spot. I'm going to cover the things I need to cover. I'm not going to mess this up. You know, you're not necessarily worrying about your safe outs or your balls and strikes and stuff. You're just focusing on that and you're not paying attention to the other things that are part of umpiring a three and four man system. And I've seen this with um, 
state finals too, a couple that I've worked, um, where you'll get um, an umpire on the crew that is just hyper-focused on himself and not everything else going around because you get a bigger crowd and everything there too and you kind of get caught up in the situation. So I think that's important for all of us out there to think about it. You know, um, yeah, it's natural to get a little nervous or apprehensive about something, but once you get into that, you've got to like, you got to focus on your partners and what you're doing and uh, be aware of what's happening out there. And then you, you, that will calm you down and you can just work the game and, and umpire it the best you can and make the best calls you can. You know, um, if, you are not aware of what's going on with your partners when you're working three and four man. That's when bad stuff usually starts to happen and uh, uh, rotation gets missed or uh, somebody doesn't read something very well, those kind of things, all right? Um, so I, I was, you know, really kind of thinking about that as I was working that game. And uh, I mean, I had a lot of fun. It was the most fun game that I've worked so far this year. I love it when, when you know, there's a lot more you know, energy uh, on the baseball field from the crowd and the benches and the players. And, and there's more attention too, because, you know, somebody's going home, their season's ending. Some people, their careers are ending um, with this particular game, but you know, that's okay. We want to work those games. We want to get to the point where we're in those bigger games and, you know, what we're doing really matters. I mean, it always matters, but you know, when you get to the postseason, it matters a little bit more for everybody that's involved. So if you are working postseason or you're working some of those big games, which are all coming up here still um, very soon, make sure that, you know, you, you, you're in that moment and you're just focused on what you need to, and you're doing the communication the best you can. And that will help you along. I've really found that um, over the years. Um, and I know I've been that guy too. This has been hyper focused with the tunnel vision, and uh, I've learned um, through you know gaining some confidence in what I'm doing, but also just um, paying attention to my responsibilities and making sure I'm communicating with my partners, visually and verbally, and with signals. Uh, that that really helps me a lot, and I think it will help you as well. I'd like to talk for a few minutes about batting out of order. It's a situation that hopefully doesn't happen too often to you, but it's one that you need to be ready for if it does happen. And it can be a little bit tricky. I actually had this happen to me uh, recently in a junior college regional game here in Michigan. Um, I can't recall ever having a batting out-of-order situation in a collegiate game. Uh, and I really can't remember the last time I've had to deal with it. It's been a while. It doesn't happen too often. I'm sure it might have been in some kind of summer league game or some kind of... I don't think it's even happened to me in a high school game, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, this is what happened. And it happened in the top of the first inning, okay? So the first batter uh, in the game uh, got a double, he was on second base. Second batter uh, proceeded to make an out. The third batter up uh, hit a single to center field, and the runner on second scored. And then the um, the opposing coach, the home team coach, came to me and said, hey, uh, they batted out of order. So I said, okay, well, let's take a look here. So I took out my lineup card, and I said, well, who is supposed to be the proper batter? 
uh, and he said, well, it, it's supposed to be, uh, number 12 was supposed to be up. So I look over at first base, and number five's out on first base. So I look on my lineup sheet, and the third hitter should have been number 12, and the fourth hitter should be number five. So I know what the situation is, but just to make sure, I was working with the three-man crew at the time. I uh, called time and got my partners with me, and I said, yes, I believe we have a batting out of order here. The uh, proper batter was supposed to be number 12, but number five here hit a single. So what we need to do here, and just make sure I'm doing this right here, uh, number 12 is going to be out. Number five is going to be hitting again. And we're going to take that runner that just scored and put him back on second base. So they're like, yep, that's correct. So I told the um, the violating coach that this was a situation. He, he kind of knew it right at the time. And uh, we took care of it and proceeded with the inning without any problems. The biggest thing, whenever you have a batting out of order, this is for my newer umpires out there, um, that will help you, is like who's supposed to be the proper batter? That's what you want to know. Who was supposed to be up? And um, if the this the coach that brought it to my attention, he, he did it perfectly, by the way. Um, if he would have done this while number five was still up and would have come out and said, hey, it's supposed to be number 12 up. Well, then number 12 would have come up and taken the count that w would have been happening at the time if it was one ball one strike or whatever it was uh, then he just would have taken a spot in the batter's box that's not the right time so he waited till something happened or the guy got on base so that he could get that out and then we move on with it if he doesn't say anything we just keep going of course as an umpire even if you know that the wrong kid is up uh, you don't say anything about it. It's kind of the responsibility of uh, the teams to figure that stuff out and make sure people are batting in the proper order. But if it does happen, you just have to say, well, who's the proper batter? Um, if they do it before the next pitch or something like that, like like he did, you know, um, because like if he would have done it afterward, let's say number five got that single and then the next kid came up and they threw a pitch, well, now he was proper and we we have a, you know, a new situation there. So something to study, um, but usually if you know who the proper batter is and you know if they um, requested the violation at the correct time, then you usually can take care of it without too much trouble. I learned a lot of that stuff from uh, the different camps I've gone to, and uh, to me the best person I've ever heard talk about it is uh, Brent Rice, and uh, he has this whole kind of like lesson on batting out of order and he'll go through the simple things more like that and then he goes into the very complicated things and and he just knows it in and out um which is great i mean if you know that that's fine but usually you don't get it too complicated you usually can figure it out so nonetheless something to keep in mind make sure that uh you are familiar with that there are some resources out there that you can probably look up some things on um, batting out of order and how to deal with those things but it's definitely one thing that doesn't happen very often but when it does you want to make sure that you get it right because you look like you know a million bucks if you get it right so I was happy that uh, we didn't have one that was too complicated and we took care of it and got it resolved without any trouble Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, it's been a while, but I'm going to bring back the umpire spotlight. In previous episodes, I've done quite a few of those, but I haven't done any recently. So this time I'm going to spotlight Dick Runchy. One of the great college baseball umpires and actually the first umpire inducted into the College Baseball Hall of Fame back in 2011. He's also a member of the ABUA Hall of Fame back in 2002. And so Mr. Runchy was a college umpire from 1976 to 1998. He worked five College World Series, 1982, 83, 1990, 1994, 1998, and he worked four College World Series final games on the plate back in 82, 90, 94, 98. Worked 19 NCAA Division I regionals, three Mid-American Conference championships, 12 Big Ten championships. Uh, then after he um, you know, retired from the field um, in a little bit while he was still on it. He was um, a regional evaluator and advisor for the NCAA baseball umpire program, helping to select who worked the NCAA tournament. And uh, he was a tournament representative as well for um, most of the early 1990s. Um, Mr. Runji, of course, uh, was born in Saginaw, Michigan, and um, you know lived you know, he's lived most of his life, I believe, in Michigan, except for the times where he's been off umpiring. Um, so he um, was, you know, one of the, the founders of kind of the, the modern way that we do umpiring and, you know, the programs and stuff that we have. Um, he got into umpiring in 1968 as part of a summer job uh, calling youth league games in Dearborn, Michigan. He liked it so much that after graduating from school, he um, went to the summer's uh, pro school in Florida. And from there, he worked in the New York Penn League in 1973, the Midwest League in 1974, the Southern League in 1975 before deciding to become a family man. And he spent 30 years working for Detroit Diesel, retiring as a purchasing manager. But nonetheless, he was... um, umpiring all along the way and uh, was able to get into the collegiate game because uh, some of his umpiring friends um, mentioned uh, that, uh, you know, there was some opportunities in the college game. So even though he still works in pro games, including the 1984 American League playoff series between the Detroit Tigers and Kansas City Royals, um, it was a college game that opened up most of his avenues um, throughout his life. Um, he was also um, a substitute umpire during the 1979 umpire strike, working some American League games, uh, and of course he worked the you know the 84 ALCS as well. Not only that, uh, he was able to uh, work some international games. He worked the 1987 Pan Am Games, the 1988 Baseball World Cup, and the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. Um, he served as a director of the umpires covering, you know, the 04 Olympics and the 08 Olympics. And, uh, you know, he had 
a lot of success as far as moving uh, umpires along and helping young umpires to you know realize some of their potential and their dreams along the way so that is the umpire spotlight one of the great college umpires of all time uh, Dick Runchy. I had the opportunity to work three ball games this collegiate season in which uh, we had video review available. And these are the first three that I have ever had the opportunity to work. And of course, um, as you might imagine, I was a little apprehensive. I want to make sure I got got things right and did things correctly and followed the protocol and knew what was reviewable and such things. The first one I had, I was at uh, uh, Illinois, Chicago uh, for a game and I was working third base and uh, you know we talked as a three-man crew beforehand and what was reviewable. Um, the crew chief, you know, he was um, experienced with uh, video review so when we got down to the field uh, they had the uh, monitors down the third baseline so we reviewed all the potential angles he put on the headset he talked to the person on the other end and so what kind of views he had um, if he had uh, you know if it was able to be zoomed in or not or if he can slow it down or back it up and or move it forward or whatever you might want to do and uh, so we went through all that and that was interesting and then we worked the game and we had no reviews <laughs> So I guess that's good that we had no reviews. Uh, there was one that we maybe could have had on a hit-by-pitch if, if the coach had wanted to uh, review it, but they did not. So, you know, there we go. Then I worked a game at Michigan State, and um, the Big Ten, I believe, is starting to move toward review in their regular season games. I mean, they do it in their conference tournament. And uh, they did have review there, and uh, it's – located again down the third baseline um, by the you know bullpen type area and in the first inning we had a review on a play at the plate and I did not go to the monitor on that one um, I stayed with the calling umpire the plate umpire and it was um, an inconclusive um, you know video so the call st stood as it was I saw it later on uh, you know on the replay and uh, was able to kind of see what my partners were able to look at that was a four-man crew and they um you know one angle looks like he's out one angle looks like he could be safe it was a really close call so he uh, was called out so we, we kept that so that was interesting and then the last time i had review this year was uh, a game at valparaiso which was um uh, an interesting situation too i was working the plate there we had a three-man crew and uh just like the Illinois Chicago, that's a ESPN Plus game. So they, you know, Missouri Valley, um, they have review there. I believe for pretty much all their games. Um, nonetheless, uh, I talked to my crew beforehand, and you know, I was reviewing all the protocols, and I had a couple of experienced guys that had, you know, more experience with review than I have, and so I said, hey, you know, I know I'm the crew chief, but I want to make sure we get this right. So if there's something I'm missing, make sure that we do the right thing. So we ended up with four reviews actually the the first one there was one that was asked to uh, review on a um a situation in which we had a, a hit by pitch but also a, a check swing and the coach wanted to know if he could review the check swing and that's not non-reviewable but we had um 
Uh, safe out play at second base, safe out play at first base, um, force play slide rule uh, review, um, and then we had, I can't remember the other one right now, but we had four of them, and uh, one was overturned, um, but you know, that's okay, you know, we got it right, and the other ones were confirmed, and um, I went to the monitor on a couple of them, because you know, you usually have one guy staying and two guys go in there, you know, whether it's the calling umpire or not, crew chief, all the, you know, protocols that go with it. And um, I kind of got thrown into the situation and I, I feel way more comfortable with it now. Um, I, I hope next year I get some opportunities to work games that have review. And um, I like the fact that we can definitely get it right. Um, you obviously don't want to make a call that's potentially incorrect and get it overturned. But then again, I don't want to make a call that's potentially over, uh, incorrect and, and not get it overturned, and, and then it affects the outcome of the game. I mean, that's like the worst-case scenario. So anyway, um, I think overall it was a good experience with review. Um, I liked it. Uh, I hope that I continue to get opportunities to use it, and uh, obviously I will get better at the um, protocols and how I handle myself. Um, you, know, you know, how you handle yourself while you're not reviewing it, how you handle yourself while you are reviewing it, making sure you're uh, communicating properly with the coaches and about what aspects of the play are being reviewed, making sure you're communicating with them that, you know, they're using one of their challengers, their two challenges or not, or whatever it might be, um, you know, or if it's in the last two innings of the ball game, you know, you're using the, the crew chief review um, that's allowed. All those kind of things. Um, I, just like everything, the more you use it and the more experience you have with it, the better you are. But hey, I'm always about getting the call right. Um, whether you know, obviously, 99% of the games that I work do not have any kind of review, and you know, if needed, I, I don't have a problem getting with my partners and making sure we get something correct because that is the most important thing out there, more so than our ego. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. I thought it was, uh, it was an interesting year as far as uh, my new experiences with review. And uh, hopefully I will have some others in the future. If you have experience with review, uh, you know, shoot me a message and uh, let me know what kind of experiences you've had with it. Thanks for sticking with me for another episode of the Hammer and Umpire podcast. I appreciate all my listeners out there all over North America and other places around the world. It's great that I have a consistent following and and know that I can keep this going and that there are people actually listening. So I do appreciate that. I hope uh, some of the segments I had today get you thinking about a few things. I know I've been pretty lucky throughout my umpiring career to have had some unique experiences. I've got a few more coming up here in the next few weeks that I'll share in the next podcast episode. I'm going to be working my third Michigan High School Athletic Association state finals. So those have been great experiences the other two times I've done it, and I'm sure this one will be as well. And uh, I will share how those things go. We work four-man in those uh games, two semifinal games and a final. So it should be very fun and interesting. Until next time, keep calling strikes.